Hello and welcome back to the Florida Hockey Podcast. Justin Bedford alongside Noah Russo. And this weekend's UFC 262 is sure to be a can't-miss event. Every punch, kick, and knockout means so much more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. And DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering all customers a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, Fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stand under the salary cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, don't forget about basketball and hockey, where DraftKings has even more money up for grabs throughout the week. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN for your shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Noah, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. Why not? I mean, yeah, things are going all right. Pretty, pretty quiet. Starts of the summer so far uh so so it's been all right and i mean lots lots going on around the league which yeah uh, it's um yeah it's it's pretty cool um like like there's a lot of hockey about to happen like i think playoffs are going to be very condensed so it's it's a lot to look forward to yeah a lot to look forward to um we're gonna do our, our uh preview this episode of the playoff matchups uh not all of them are set but most of them and we'll kind of predict, you know, how we think the the West is going to go. So that'll be that'll be fun. It's going to be there's going to be some good matchups here. I'm excited. Yeah, it's there's a lot to look forward to. It's going to be it's going to be really exciting. Yeah, so I can't wait. We'll get into that later in the episode. Um, but we got to start off with some stuff from around the league uh, because you know, as every year, you know, there's always a lot of stuff that happens as the, the regular season kind of comes to an end. Uh, which is fantastic for us because then we don't have to like, you know, really think too hard about what we want to talk about on an episode. It kind of just, you know, the league does the work for us. So that's fantastic. Uh, and we'll start off with uh, kind of earlier in the week, Connor McDavid hits 100 points in 53 games. Since then, he's added a couple more points. Not a big deal. Uh, what are your thoughts on the season he's having? It's it's unbelievable. I mean, it goes kind of unnoticed too. Um, like, I don't know how much people like actually comprehend the, the feat that he's accomplished. Well, the, the thing for me is that like, I've seen a lot of people on like 
Twitter and stuff that are, you know, they're, they're trying to come up with like reasons as to why it's not that impressive. And they're like, Oh, you know, they're playing in a weak division. And it's like, are they? I, I don't, you, I don't think you can say that. Like, because he, he, it's just one player. Like, I don't think that the, the difference between a good team and a bad team, that one player is going to put up points no matter what. Yeah, and, the, like, there are divisions where there's been more goals scored. There's been divisions that have worse goal tending across the board. So to to go with that as your main argument to me seems a bit ridiculous. I mean, and also, just, like, why? Like, why are you trying to make such an accomplishment seem he's not less impressive? Some, so- the, the goalies he's playing are, are pretty good too. Like he he's run into Thatcher Demko, who's you know put up some really really good games this season. Um, you know Carey Price in Montreal, Frederick Anderson in Toronto. Who, I mean, it, it depends what time of the year you ask a Leafs fan, but has the potential to be, you know, a, a very good starting goalie in the NHL um, when he's a hundred percent. And then. As much as I hate to say it, Connor Hallibuck in Winnipeg. I mean, those are some outstanding goalies to go up against during an entire season. Yeah, like really anyone other than like Ottawa's got like decent enough goaltending. And like Matt Murray can have his odd good game. So, I mean, it's it very odd. Very. Yeah. Yeah. Very rare. So it's not like absurd. And then I saw someone who's like, oh, you know, he put up this many points against you know, uh, against Vancouver and Ottawa. Like, he's just picking on the weaker teams. And it was like, if you did the math on it, it was like 34% of his point total against 25% of his games, which is, like, a lot. But it's also, like, pretty common against, like, weaker teams. Like, what a shocker. He put up more points against the teams that suck versus the ones that don't. Yeah, it it, it makes sense. Um, And he's just been killing it. Like, the plays he makes, it's, it's unbelievable. The... The accomplishment is absolutely like outstanding, in my opinion. I, he's he's two two points per game essentially. If like if you round up just a bit, um, when you look at like the last month he's had, like in the last fifteen games, he's got like thirty eight points. <laughs> it's like, absolutely insane. Ridiculous. And you look at that, and it's it's unbelievable. It's literally Gretzky numbers. Yeah, like this is like the greatest offensive season. I've seen in my lifetime, not 100%, not even close. I can't even think of a comparison that I can remember watching a season and see a player just dominate offensively like that. Like it's absurd. And And, and it makes you think, right? Like what would this have looked like over 82 games, right? You got to be curious. You got to ask the question. And it's like, It'd be it'd be interesting to see if he could have kept up that pace. And I mean, the the way he was going, he could look like he could be accelerating. Um, well, yeah, he just keeps getting better. Like, yeah. So you can't help but like imagine like what would have happened over eighty two games. Yeah, like you, you never know, but it's it's a special season that he's having, with without a doubt. Like just night in, night out, just dominating teams, getting on the score sheet. Uh, and like when teams know they're playing Edmonton, there's emphasis on Connor McDavid. They're gonna, you know, like he's gonna he's gonna get more like pressured by more opposing guys as any other guy on the Edmonton Oilers. 
you know, yeah, like team zone in on added him. barrier. Yeah, people teams game plan for him. They try to shut him down. There's so much focus played on him, and it doesn't matter. He just finds it's ridiculous. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. And I mean, he he takes he takes a lot of shots too, in terms of like more this cross year. checks and like oh, they, yeah. they go a little unnoticed in the league. Yeah, you know, some officiating there. You know, he should perhaps draw a couple more penalties, but you know, that's just the NHL for it. You know, can't yeah. protect the stars, whatever. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, like it's just. Ridiculous. Now, here's the other thing. So, before the season, because I had a lot of time last summer because COVID and everything, I built a model to project player point totals. Right? Okay. Now, by and large, well off on a lot of them. Yeah. Right? But my model for McDavid had him at 102 points. Now, he's at 102. So, if he goes pointless in these remaining games, dead on. How many games does he have left? Two? Yeah, I think he's got a couple. I think they've got Montreal tonight. Yeah, because 54. So either got... Calgary or Vancouver. I can't remember which. I can't remember which one it is. But. Because I know Calgary, uh, Calgary and Vancouver play each other four times to end the season. Yeah, which is just why. Yeah, which would have been really cool. If they were still like in contention for a playoff spot, but it's they can't. So it's just they're they're literally meaningless games. It's just me, like literally. I I wouldn't be surprised. Like some guys just didn't play. Probably. I mean, it's like last night. Like Boston basically just sat their entire team. Yeah, exactly. Still it's almost the, won. They're just <laughs> they're just getting ready for the playoffs at this point, and then there's nothing from from the non-playoff teams to gain from from playing these guys and risking injuries. Yeah, I mean, like you saw like Vegas the other night dressed 15 skaters because of cap reasons, yeah. which is just <laughs> absurd. And five defensemen. Five defensemen. And you saw like if you looked on like daily face-off, they had the line combinations. And like that third line was like Keegan Colasar had to carry that line because it was just him. <laughs> there was no one. <laughs> Just him centering absolutely nobody. Um, but, yeah, I think teams are just kind of getting ready for the playoffs, um, which, you know, is what it is. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, McDavid, in my mind, runaway MVP this year. No question. I mean, is there – I don't think there's any doubt about it. No, like, I think – like, in my mind, should be unanimous. Probably won't be because, you know – Yeah, I know you know, how certain things go. Like I saw, I saw like one writer, it was like, nah, the MVP this year is like Crosby. Like he dragged this Pittsburgh team to the playoffs to a, and it's like, it's got like 60 points. Like it's good, but it's. Uh, He's Crosby. That's what he puts up. He puts up like fantastic numbers remarkably consistently. Yeah. And it's like, and it's not taking away anything away from Crosby, but like McDavid's just vastly superior this season. Like that's just yeah. how it is. Like that, yeah. he, he is the MVP. You can tell. Um, but yeah. So other stuff. Uh, we'll get through this quickly here because other stuff going on around the league. Uh, some coaches, obviously, uh, mm. being let go as we see every year. Uh, Rick Talkin in Arizona, John Tortorella in Columbus, and uh, our favorite coach Dave Quinn in New York. Uh, did any of these surprise you? 
Okay, well, Dave Quinn, because it, of how long, like, ago they should have fired him. It's just, it took so much time, so much time. And we, we yeah, it was absolutely ridiculous. I don't think that guy gets another job in the NHL. You know, like, I'm, I'm not a, I think he does. But, like, I don't think it's, like, I don't think he immediately gets hired as a head coach. Like, I think he might go somewhere, be an assistant, maybe go to the A, be a head yeah. coach there. Like, I don't I mean, think. He was, he was a big NCAA coach. Yeah, he coached at uh, BU. So, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, we'll I, see. Like, I think he does get another look because there's a lot of, like, really bad coaches that get second looks. And like, he, I, how, how many seasons did he get in New York? Two? three two or three Three? yeah yeah like he's got some he's got a lot of nhl experience under his belt so he does that have that going for him yeah so he's got like he's got some nhl experience um you know i know we're not fans i don't i don't actually know anyone who's a fan of of the way he coached no but uh you know it's the coaching carousel of the nhl so assume he gets another look somewhere else uh a bit weird though because you know, they, they fire him now, but then they fired their GM and president like a couple of days ago. Like, why not just do it all then or do it all now? Yeah. Um, I don't know if Dolan wanted to give Jury a chance to, like, keep him. Yeah. I don't I was... know if Dolan, may, maybe Dolan liked him and said that, like, give him three games and, you know, if you like him, keep him. If you don't. Well, Chris, him? I don't well, know. Chris Jury's been there the entire time. Like he, he knows yeah, exactly. Dave Quinn. It's so like, it's like, it doesn't even make sense. So I don't know. Well, I, I think it's the right decision. I think that I not necessarily, I don't, I wouldn't say they needed a complete overhaul to the extent that they're going through right now, but they definitely needed to change that, that, that coaching. Um, so yeah. it's a step in the right direction. We'll see although, who ends up filling Although, it. yeah, I mean, the Davidson and Gorton firings, I think, are were, were pretty significant. Yeah, it'll be interesting to yeah. see who they, they go with as a replacement. Uh, John Tortorella in Columbus, not really surprised about that. Um, just because it and almost... He wants se- to keep coaching. He wants to keep coaching. Yeah, it seemed like he was actively trying to get fired this year. I won't lie. Like, you know, I know that, like, probably wasn't, but... Like he's throwing like playing like Patrick Wine with like Nathan Gerby and Zach Dolph. Like <laughs> I don't know how you think that's like a player who openly admits he has like no confidence right now. And you're like, you know what'll boost his confidence? Nathan Gerby. hundred <laughs> percent. I like I can't think of one team that would be like a good fit for Tortorella. Here's like I like I, like I know some people don't like him as a coach. I actually don't. I think he's like a, a like fine enough coach, but it needs to be the right team, right? Like I don't. I don't, I don't see that fit. I mean, granted, we don't know what Seattle's going to be up to, but I don't think that's the way Seattle wants to start off. No, like I think for me, like he's got to go to a veteran team with like a core. Like I think, uh, I think younger players that can be harder, that maybe not as. You know, guys that have been in the league a while who know, like, know what it takes to stay in the league, right? Know how hard you have to work. I think that's more uh, John Tortorella's style. Um, so I think, you know, a veteran team that maybe wants, like, a little push or is not happy with where they're at, uh, 
I don't have a particular team in mind. Yeah. Uh, per se, but like I, like I think he will find work somewhere else because I think, you know, I know things didn't end great in Columbus, but the last couple of years he did kind of drag them to and some impressive he is, seasons. He is very experienced. Yeah, like, very, very experienced. It's a, it's it would be a safe signing for any team, I think. Yeah, I think if yeah, if you're a team where you you don't love your coach and you want your team to work a bit harder. Yeah, could be good. actually. You know what I think would have been a good fit, and, and like it hasn't gone great so far. But like Calgary when they went yeah. with Daryl Sutter, like because that was a team that I thought should be playing better and working harder. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I think Daryl Sutter is the same kind of like hard ass that John Tortorella is. Yeah, but maybe not, maybe not as good of a system. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be really interesting. There's some really good coaches available. Yeah, and then uh, and then Rick Tockett too from Arizona. Uh, no, he's surprised about that because usually you bring in a new GM, new GM wants his, his guy behind the bench. Yeah. Uh, so I imagine that's what uh, Armstrong will do there. So no real surprise. We're interesting. I think. I I I heard some. I can't remember who, but apparently Tockett in Seattle. He's very friendly with the group there. Yeah. So. I, we'll see if that, that's that's something that'll emerge. Um, well, because he used to be I, played with Francis, right? Yeah, is, is that what it is? I, I couldn't remember. Yeah, that could be way wrong. I know they both played for the Penguins, so that's yeah, what I'm I basing that off. What of. the link was, so, um, but I'm pretty sure he's good friends there. So we'll, we'll see if that's anything. I mean, Gerard Gallant is still available and willing to work. Um, could be interesting. It's yeah. Rick Talk and, and Buffalo. Buffalo's still looking for something, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, Rick Talk. It's an interesting because I'm not really sure like what to make of him as a coach. Like you talk to people like around the sport who know, you know, coaches and stuff. Like they all really like Rick Talk and think he's a good coach and good guy. And the results really haven't been there in Arizona, but he hasn't really given a ton to work with, so it's hard to really know if he's if that group overachieved because of him or if they're not, like I don't even know yeah it's it's hard it's hard to tell um but yeah it's going to be a really interesting carousel this year um, yeah we're off to a great start great start. yeah um yeah and especially with Seattle um still looking for their first coach which you assume they'll they'll get sometime before the expansion draft and you'd have i would to, assume you'd, sooner yeah you'd want them yeah. involved in the decision making yeah and so you would assume sooner rather than later at this point um and it was we're still a little over a couple months away but i i wouldn't be surprised if we we had a decision coming soon yeah for sure for sure i'll be interesting to see how they go with lots of names out there so i'll have to see you know what while we're talking about coaching you know what always blows my mind the fact that the second longest tenured coach in the NHL is Jeff Blaschel. It really in Detroit. Then I'm pretty sure he's made the playoffs once under him. He's been there since like I didn't even realize he made the playoffs. I think he. Did. I think that was the last year they made it. How long has he been there? Uh, the longest tenured uh, is. Yeah, it's either Cooper or Maurice, I think. But Blasio's been there a while, which is 
crazy to me because they've had multiple GMs and not a lot of success. So, yeah, 2015, 2016, lost in the first round to Tampa Bay. That was yep. the, his first year in Detroit, made the playoffs, and then six seasons later. Still there. So, that, like, that, that always just blows my mind. Like, nothing against Jeff Lashell, but just you don't see a coach have that little on-ice success for that long and stick around. Yeah, so the, the highest he's – He's finished since the start, since the playoff year was seventh and I mean, sorry, fifth in the Atlantic. Not bad. Not bad. That's a tough div. It's just. Yeah, I mean, Iserman must really like him. I don't know what it is, uh, or maybe they just want to suck. Um, Well, if they want to suck, they're doing a great job. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, I'm, I'm not sure, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, but definitely a very interesting tidbit. Yeah. Just kind of a fun, fun little fact to throw out there. Uh, okay. Last thing before we get to our playoff matchups, Jack Eichel press conference this week, absolutely electric, basically seems like he really wants out of Buffalo. Yeah. It doesn't look like a guy who loves the city of Buffalo. Doesn't look like he's loving the city, the organization. I mean, it's probably nothing personal against the city. It probably was mostly the organization and the yeah. way, you know, it was mainly about the way his injury was handled. And I'm sure the lack of on-ice success doesn't help with that whole situation. Definitely. Um, so. And he, he said it himself that the, the season didn't go as good as he wanted it to go either. But Really? That's surprising because they're like dead last. No, but like for himself, um, he thought he could have done more. Um, and then, and then he, he goes to, 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 he continues, this was like a quote I saw on Elliot Friedman's Twitter. It was, but I'm going to be ready for the next season, wherever that, that may be. Yeah. And I was like, well, like, did you request a trade or not? Like, sounds like it, but I'm not sure. I don't even know. Maybe it's not a trade request. Maybe just like a trade preference. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, here's the thing, though. Is there any team in the league, first of all, that can afford to trade for Jack Eichel? And second of all, that would actually pay that price? I think there is. I think, oh, yeah. I think you can find a team, no problem. So who do you think would well, be? Well, that, that, that was my next question is make your prediction for where you think Jack Eichel goes and what's the package to get him? Because there's always there's been a lot of teams thrown out there, like the California teams, the the Rangers have been thrown out there. I've seen. I mean, Minnesota. the Rangers. The Rangers have been in those like rumors ever since like the first one started of Jack Eichel maybe not liking Buffalo as much as. Yeah, here's the should. thing though. Here's the thing though is that a part of that whole Jack Eichel to the Rangers thing was based around the fact that his college coach was Dave Quinn. Interesting. Right. So that would have been a big factor in drawing him to, to the Rangers. Uh, that obviously can't be the case anymore. Yeah. So where do I you mean, think he ends up and what's the package to get him? I 
I'm thinking like maybe the Kings. I'm I think trying if, to th- if the Kings could find a way to do it without giving up Byfield, and I think they probably I, the yeah, the that was like the name I needed in that transaction. No, but like oh, obviously you're LA. I don't think you're giving up Byfield, but if you give up like Turcott, who's yeah, Turcott. I was Turcott and Byfield were in that. I was thinking like Turcott. Uh, you have some other good prospects that are young. Like you could have like Gabe Velarde. There's Tobias Bjornfod who's in the lineup. You got to throw in uh, Elias Anderson. Yeah, send him back to the state of New York. Yeah, yeah. Send him back to uh, Buffalo where he threw his medal. Yeah, I'm thinking. So is, is your pick LA? I. It's hard to picture any other team willing to fork over that much talent i mean i guess if ottawa were feeling it i would never i would never think ottawa would do it um because i think ottawa could do it without without stutzel or kachuk yeah if you could, or shabbat yeah like you'd probably have to do like sanderson First, like that's the thing. Like Jack Eichel, like it's it's gonna be a tough trade. Yeah, like he's a very good hockey player. Like he's a top ten center in the NHL. Yeah, right. And so to get a number one center in a trade, like doesn't the opportunity to do so does not happen often. And so I think there's gonna be a ton of teams that would want to bring in Jack Eichel. Here's. Yeah, there's a couple like his Buffalo needs a massive return because they have they have lost too many trades recently. Yeah, here's here's the thing though too. Like, so you talk about a massive return. Like, obviously, like they should get a massive return, but based on their recent moves, I don't think they get that big a return just because of themselves. Like, I'm not convinced. Like, like I have no confidence I mean, that that in, team goes out and gets a great return for Jack Eichel. You're not, you're not paying like top dollar for Jack Eichel because you're, you're, you're assuming that Jack Eichel wants out. So it takes away a lot of leverage from Buffalo. A lot of leverage from Buffalo. So, which is why <clears throat> a formal trade request would be like huge. Um, well, just obliterate all leverage. Yeah. yeah. Um, that would be my, like, my negotiation point if I was Eichel. Yeah, like, I'll publicly do this. if Like, you like you me. trade me, you get a good return now, or you wait, you call my bluff, and I actually submit a formal trade request and leak it. Yeah, well, and it's, we... At the start of the year, do you remember when it was uh, there was some Eichel for Barkov rumors? I don't remember that, but that's interesting. We definitely talked about that on an episode. Was that someone suggested that Buffalo had called about doing Eichel for for Barkov, and the Panthers were like, "Get out of here!" Yeah, no, I would definitely would not do that. No, like, I think if you're the Panthers, like, like I don't think the Panthers would be even remotely interested. Because- I think there's too much risk. Like, there's too, like to give up too much. Uh, I I think like Eichel's upside is higher than Barkov's. I really do. Well, Barkov's a but, lot of his value is defensive. 
I th- I think Barkov's Barkov has like so much more safety in the sense that he's just so consistent. And he's just like that two-way center where yeah. most teams that win a cup win with a really at least a really good two-way center. Like That's true. The Kings won with Kopitar. The Blackhawks won with Taves. The Bruins won with Bergeron. The Blues won with O'Reilly. Right? Yeah. The Lightning have Braden Point, who's an excellent two-way player. And they have Anthony Sorelli, who's an excellent two-way player. Washington, I don't know, Lars Eller, not to the same extent. But why not? He was he was pretty good in the playoffs. He was. He was. So um, it's it's yeah. one of those things like you you need a, a dependable center that you can throw it in all situations and rely on. Florida has that in Barkov. You you don't give that away. Yeah, not sure you have that with Eichel. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have the same. T- like the offensive ability is ridiculous. He's incredibly talented offensively. But if you're Florida, you're going well. I got Barkov. I got Lindell in the pipeline, who's looking really, really good. Really, Sam, really good. Sam Bennett's looking really, really good. And Alex Wenberg's a, a really solid two-way player, too. So And he just had a hat trick. He had a hat trick. Yeah, he's buzzing. 17 so. goals in the air. Not enough people talking about it. Uh, yeah. So, I, I, got, I don't know what you do there. For me, I think my pick would be the Minnesota Wild. To go get Eichel. Interesting. Because I think if you're Minnesota, I think people are starting to, to come around on Minnesota and be like, oh, this team's actually kind of fun to watch. Yeah. You know, which they just like haven't been, you know, and that's mainly Kirill Kaprizov. Yeah. So if you're Minnesota, could you do a deal that goes around Marco Rossi in one year defenseman? The guy they should have drafted. Well, hello. Just reunite them with Jack Quinn and Buffalo. You already know what they look like together. It's perfect. <laughs> um, there would be a lot of picks. No, like it's not one for one. I'm thinking like Marco Rossi, Matt Dumba. You can throw in Zach Parise for just for shits and giggles. Too. Well, you probably do to clear a cop. So let's say it's let's say it's like Parise Dumba. Uh, Rossi, and because I, I would say a first round pick in there too. But do they have another like good prospect, like a defensive prospect or something? Because that could. Yeah, but I don't know if Buffalo like really wants defensive prospects because they have Yoki Haru, they have Dalvin, yeah. they have uh, Ryan Johnson, who's a prospect I really like of theirs. They have Samuelson, who's in the lineup right now. So if if, if you're Buffalo, I think you're like. You, if you're Buffalo, you're going to lose the trade no matter what, probably. So just get some pieces back. Like, I think Marco Rossi's a great, great young player. I think Matt Dumba is, like, a younger veteran type player where I think, you know, he could be a good leader and mentor, but is still young enough that he's not going to, like, suck in the next two to three years. Yeah. And just fall off a cliff. And then if you get, you know, you take a bit, bit of cap to even it out and then you take on – you know, a, a pick or a couple picks, I think. Kaprizov, Kaprizov and Eichel on the same ice at the same time playing with the same team would be. That's really lethal. what I'm going for here. Yeah. Like it's really what I'm trying to create. Cause you see what Kaprizov does with like Victor Rask. Yeah. And like absolutely no disrespect to Victor Rask, but I think Jack Eichel might be a little bit better. A tad bit indeed. Yeah. 
So that's my pick. Uh, but we're going to see. I, without a doubt, though, expect he's not in a Sabres uniform at the start of next season. I'm, I'm not going to say that because I swear I've said that so many times and it's just gone against me. Like, that's just not what ends up happening. So I'm going to say he just doesn't finish his contract in Buffalo. I'm not going to say it's going to happen this well, year because I, is that it, I, it, I, it, I feel it, like we've been in this position or like a similar position and he said that he doesn't want to play in Buffalo and it just – like this isn't the first time that he has a press conference where he hints at the not not playing in Buffalo. No, but I think this is different because it's about a medical issue, and a medical issue is very personal, and it's a type of issue that is less likely, I think, to be resolved I, over time. I wonder if you, you took an anonymous poll of NHL-like organizations and asked them if they would allow him to get surgery. I wonder what the I wonder what the results would be. I, I I'm curious to know if it's Buffalo just being idiots, or is there something like that other organizations wouldn't let him either. Yeah, I I, I don't know the answer. To that. I, I don't know if, you know I don't know if it's a completely unfounded fact or like idea, but nonetheless, he's it seems like he's getting t- really really tired of this, and he's getting to the brink. Yeah, and I think it's different too. And it's like if it's just like a medical issue, and they're they're not letting you get surgery, like that's one thing. But to have that, and then also just suck at being a hockey team for this many years, I think. And and they they brought in Taylor Hall. They brought in Taylor Hall. Ralph Kruger was apparently like a great coach. It just it just didn't work out for some reason. Well, I think it's just no depth and there's there's a bunch of issues there i think that no goaltending either yeah like it doesn't get resolved overnight like that's just how it is and they just didn't build correctly so they'll just continue on the rebuild i don't expect you to be we'll see we'll see what happens with that whole situation obviously nothing is going to happen in the immediate future i don't think Uh, yeah no i don't think so either so that seems like more of an off-season thing but we'll move on here real quick we'll get to our our playoff matchups because we're running a bit long We'll, we'll try. We'll try and keep these short. We'll keep them short, and then should we just do first round? Well, we're only doing first round. Oh, okay. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, we're just doing all the first round matches. Okay. Yeah, please. We're not I didn't know if we we're, we're going to do a full bracket or not. No, we'll do a full bracket later. Maybe post it. Maybe do a bracket yeah. giveaway or something. Yeah, we can do uh, that. Let's you know that. keep it fun. Uh, we'll start with the West. Now, the West, it's not official, right? Colorado could still jump. Vegas and Minnesota could be the two or three, mm-hmm. but we're just going to go off what the standings are right now. Could change. If it does, we'll fix it later. Mm-hmm. Uh, so first round, uh, Vegas, St. Louis. I think this has potential to be a good series, but it's Vegas is too, too good. And they're doing too good recently. Um, and it's not Minnesota namely. So I'm going to go Vegas in six. I'm going to go Vegas in five because uh, Minnesota or not Minnesota, St. Louis, their goaltending has been a bit shaky this year. Um, Yeah. Right. I'm not sold on that. Vegas has been very, very good. Looks really good all year. Uh, I think it's going to be a fun series though. These are two big, heavy teams. Mm -hmm. So this, this seems one where they're just going to try to like grind each other down over, you know, however long the series lasts. So I'll go Vegas in five. Next up, Colorado, Minnesota. 
I'm going to go Colorado. Um, Colorado in seven. I think this is going to be a fantastic series. Yeah, I'm going Colorado in seven, too. I was like, I was going to do the same thing. I thought uh, you might go with the with the upset with Minnesota. Boy, I really wanted to, but it's so like Colorado, so good. Yeah, they're so good at hockey. That that division, if it's if it's all it shapes up to be, Vegas versus Colorado, it has potential to be one of the yeah. best playoff series. Yeah. Okay, I'm calling Colorado Game Seven overtime. Who's your hero? Sammy Girard. He's. He's still injured. I don't know when he's coming back. In game seven. In game seven. <laughs> if he doesn't um, come back, then I'll go with like Tyson Jost or someone. He's he's sneaky good. Yeah, he's a real good defender. He's I so really good. Like Everybody like was like, oh, who's this guy who signed like what what was it five years five five million average? Yeah. Everyone was like, whoa, what is this? And then yeah, he's he's worth every penny. Yeah, I mean, I remember watching him, you know, in the queue in junior in that draft year, and he was just excellent. His numbers were fantastic, but because he was small, didn't go super early. Nashville takes him, and then they they give him up so they can get Matt Duchesne, which or not Matt Duchesne, they got Kyle Turris in that deal. Yeah, yeah, because it was Turris to Nashville, Duchesne to Ottawa. So. Right, right. Right, it was the whole three-way trade. Anyways, right. big, big win there for, for the Avalanche. So yeah, that's what I'm going with. Uh, let's take it up north here. It's Canada, uh, where the matchups are official. Uh, we'll start with the two versus three seed, the Edmonton Oilers versus the Winnipeg Jets. Who you like in this one? This, this is going to be, I think... This is maybe wishful thinking, but I'm going to go Edmonton in seven. I think it has the potential to go the distance. Um, I think Winnipeg's kind of built to be a playoff team. You know, they got some really, really big guys, but then they've got the, the, the smaller guys that can just, like, they bury. Like yeah, Kyle Connor, score. Nikolai Ehlers, like they – they're they're fantastic goal it's scorers. It's just the defense is so yeah. The defense is is the key. Like this is going to be a fun factor. series because I anticipate it's just all offense. Yeah. So right. I'm I'm I really think it's going to be it's going to be a good series. I think it's going to be Oilers and seven going the distance. So I think it's going to be Edmonton and six. And here's my my thinking of it, and it really just comes down to Edmonton. So I think Connor McDavid basically single handedly on his own wins him two games. Uh, I think Mike Smith on his own basically loses them a game uh, by just being terrible in a game. And then, yeah, the thing is, like, as good as Connor Hellebuck is, he's not been very good against the Oilers. They seem to. You don't have to tell me. Yeah, I know. (laughs) But he seems to be unreal against everyone else. Uh, (laughs) I just like I think I think if Redmond, that's absolutely the team you want in the north to face out of the playoff teams because Winnipeg's defense just doesn't have the same shutdown ability that Montreal and Toronto have. Mm-hmm. So I'm going Edmonton six, but that's going to be a real fun series there. Absolutely. With a lot of offensive weapons. Uh, Toronto, Montreal. I, I Now, you're, I, you're from Quebec, so you know maybe some bias there. No, I think, I think 
you know, the way Toronto's been playing, especially their goaltending, I think it's going to be pretty Toronto dominant. That being said, I do think Montreal's going to win some games. I'm going to go Toronto in six. I'm going Montreal in six. Now, here's why. Here's why. As I explained to you, because we were talking, we were talking about this before the episode, right? And the 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 way I described it is Toronto is like a really nice house of cards, like really tall, right? You know, looks really great, a lot of nice, you know, cards in there, nice pieces. But the slightest, like slightest gust of wind, just a little breeze, and it all comes crashing down. I don't see until Toronto does something in the playoffs, I'm not gonna pick them to win a series. Uh and this obviously is probably the year they probably do it because this is probably the more one of the more favorable matchups they've had in the first round. But you know, I think you know they might. Get, I think Toronto probably gets game one, but then when the adversity comes, maybe their goalie, whoever that may be, lets in a squeaker game two or three. And I think Montreal is just going to come in with a mindset of we're just going to grind you down. Like Montreal is the bigger, heavier team. They're yeah, they're. A, it, you know. A huge factor is going to be Carey Price, I think. And he's supposed to be ready for the start of the playoffs. But you're going up against Austin Matthews, who's the greatest, the best goal scorer this, this year. Like, Yeah, he's the best goal scorer in the league, no doubt. You're going to have to get solid goaltending. So I, I think that's going to be a, a, a big challenge. Um, that being said, if, if, if Price can play up to what people what his contract expects him to play like oh well then i it's gonna i think like they'll be a really shows. yeah really good really good um series uh also weber and gallagher supposed to come back for them so yeah um, and those, we'll those see, are huge 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 pieces for Montreal. toronto toronto's looking very good as well so it's it's gonna be tough i think it's gonna be interesting to see if anderson first of all starts and if he has just the slightest bad game that he's Campbell's going to be quick, like in there. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see what unfolds. Goaltending is definitely going to be a big factor, I think for both teams, uh, but it should be fun. I mean, two original six teams, they don't ever play each other in the playoffs really. So this is, this is a, this is a fun one for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll go uh, out East now uh, to that division, Washington, Boston. Um. Yeah, good. This is gonna be a heavy series as well. Um, like I think this is gonna be one of the better series. Um, I'm gonna go Washington in six. I just it's Taylor Hall. I don't know if he gets his first ever playoff series win. I think he does. I'm going Boston in five. Whoa. You know, Tom Wilson got hurt last week uh, on the Washington Capitals. Their defense, a bit slow. And I think Boston with Taylor Hall, like, I get it. The guy has done pretty much nothing ever in the playoffs, and he's only been there once, twice. But that second line's cooking right now with him, Krejci, and Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that a lot. Uh, they got guys like Nick Ritchie. And Jake DeBrusque. Now, Jake DeBrusque hasn't had a great year, but at the end of the day, those are some big bodies that can make a difference in a playoff series. And that top line, as everyone knows, is, you know, perfection. So 
and they got Rask and Swayman and Net solid goaltending. Washington, without a good year, I'm just I'm not sold on them. Uh, so I'm going I'm going Bruins in five. I'm going with the upset there. Uh, Islanders Penguins now one and four. It's it's an interesting one. Uh, who do you, who do you got there? Hey, you cut out for a bit. Oh, sorry. We're going Pittsburgh Islanders. Okay. Um, sorry, I, I'm not sure what happened. Uh, I don't know. And my like my thing, you cut out. So. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure. I, okay. Well, it doesn't I'm, matter. I'm sorry. Um, I don't even. Okay. So we're just gonna go Pittsburgh Islanders. Um, this should be an interesting series. Last time they met, as as you pointed out, the um the islanders swept yeah so uh, it's a couple of years ago they're very different teams i think this is gonna go seven games i think either one can win it i'm gonna give i'm gonna give the edge to pittsburgh because i think that there there's a lot of changes coming in pittsburgh but i think crosby and malkin know they they have one more like the the, the clock is ticking, um, and I'm I'm gonna give them the edge in this one. Yeah, I'm giving Pittsburgh the edge here too. I'll go Pittsburgh in six. Uh, Jeff Carter's been excellent since he was brought over. Uh, he had that four goal game the other day. Added one the game after. Um, but to me, I think the guy who I think a game okay, I'm going game six overtime, and who's the hero? You guessed it, Brian Rust. I did not guess that. Brian uh, Rust on a breakaway. Interesting. So that's my pick. Uh, that, that'll be an interesting series too. I mean, the Islanders, uh, I was pretty low on them at the start of the year, and they always just seem to exceed expectations, you know, with what they have. I mean, that's just the Barry Trotz effect. Yeah. Their goaltending's been solid once again this year, so – you never know with them, but uh, Pittsburgh had a fantastic year. So, uh, and I like the additions they made. So I'm going to go with them. Uh, we'll move to our last division here, Central Division. We're going to start with the one and four matchup, though, so we can save the best for last. Uh, Carolina and Nashville. Now, think, keep in mind, I mean, Nashville won 5 nothing last night, the other night. Yeah. I'm going to go Carolina at five. I I think that Saros will, will steal one game for sure, but I think Carolina is a really, really good team. And I know they, you know, they lost five, nothing, but the reality is that every team's going to lose five, nothing to, to, to a team at a given point. It's just, that's, that just happens. So um, the Panthers ever lose five, nothing this year. Well, the Panthers are a different breed. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Uh, okay, I'm going to go. Uh, this, is a, this is a really tough one for me because I think, you know, at first glance, it seems pretty one-sided for, for Carolina. Uh, but I think Nashville is going to be a tough out. I like their goaltending. And, you know, it's tough because they haven't played that great this year. The start, they've been a bit inconsistent. But if, if all their guys get going, they have a ton of talent on that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll go Carolina and seven. Wow. Okay. I think, you know, I'm, 
I, I think they can get they can get it done. I think the goalies can steal them a game or two. Uh, you know, they got offensive powerhouse, Matt Duchesne. Uh, they got a couple of nice young players. They got the reigning Norris Trophy winner. So that's, that's going to be a fun series for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm going to I'm going to choose to not look into it and I'm just going to take it for what it is. And, you know, Carolina is going to get it done quick, but it'll be it'll be interesting to happen. Nashville definitely has the potential to to, to kind of step up and have have like a pretty even fight. Yeah, it'll be yeah, like again, Carolina heavy favorites, rightfully so. But Nashville's been pretty good down the stretch here, earning that last playoff spot. Um so I think this one could go either way, but I, I like you. I'm gonna pick Carolina. Uh now to our last matchup, the one really everyone cares about. Uh the the battle of the Sunshine State. The first time we've ever gotten it in the playoffs. We've seen a preview of it the last couple of nights. Yes, some of the star players were missing from those games. Doesn't matter. Panthers win both. Home ice advantage. Penalties all over the place. I can't wait for this one. This is going to be such a good series. Um, and oh it, it's, it's interesting because, I mean, home ice could actually have a different, make a difference. With, with fans on the stands, you know, home fan- ice make a difference. 100%. And, and the Panthers are buzzing. Like, just the community is. The community's like, buzzing. The fans are buzzing. Like Oh, you see so, the fans on Twitter, you'll love it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm going to go Panthers in six. I, it's, t- you, Tampa's going to be going to be a formidable like adversary and you have Vasilevsky you have some really really good talent on there but the Panthers have been playing so well and they're they're so well-rounded that's a thing like I think I I really think that that'll prevail yeah I just first of all I love that the last two games like you can feel the rivalry just become and becoming intensified like these teams don't like each other right and Obviously, like geographically, you know, you have that like rivalry, but kind of means nothing until there's actually like some bad blood there. Last couple games, you know, we've seen a lot of rough stuff going on uh, between the two teams. That's without Sam Bennett and Patrick Hornquist in the lineup. When they get in there, oh my goodness, cannot wait. Uh, yeah. You know, it's tough. Like Tampa Bay, obviously. You, you, you got to respect that, you know, they're Stanley Cup champions, right? The reigning champs. Exactly. And they have a pretty similar team to what they had last year. Is there uh, is there any news on Kucherov? No, but I'm assuming he's back for playoffs. I'm assuming Stamkos is back. I'm assuming okay. Hedman's back, right? Uh, at least at some point. To me, though, yeah, like, yeah, Tampa Bay, very, very good hockey team. No doubt about that. But – like Andre Vasilevsky has looked pretty human against the Panthers this year. Like he's the best goalie in the league, but he hasn't looked like that versus the Panthers this year. Uh, the Panthers, they got really three guys that I have, you know, confidence in to varying degrees, but confidence nonetheless uh, with, with the guys that got there. Chris Drieger got the shutout the other night. Uh, so I think I'm also going to go Panthers in six here. Okay. Uh, because I think this t- the team's having fun. They're confident. 
And, you know, I know it was a, a banged up Tampa Bay team, but I think those two wins are just huge for, for your confidence and for the home ice. And I think this, this team's going into the playoffs with the right mindset that they can do some damage and, uh, yeah. yeah, when healthy, like we haven't seen them really fully healthy this year. We, right? we have not. You know, I we mean, saw them healthy at the start of the year, but then they lose, you know, a couple of guys to injuries. They bring in some guys at the deadline. When healthy, there is just so many players on the team that can make plays, guys that can skate, do different things all over the ice. I think this is going to be the best series we see in the first round. Yeah. And I, that's that's unbiased, by the way. Unbiased. <laughs> I would say that if I wasn't a Panthers fan. It has like it, it truly has the potential to be. So I think it's gonna be good. And I mean, anytime you can see two of the best defensemen in the world and Victor Hedman and Radko Gudis going up against each other, you know, does Radko <laughs> Gudis, you know, you know, maybe he, he scores the dagger against his former team. We don't know there's no way of knowing, but it's probably going to happen. And Carter Verhage is going to make them pay. Absolutely. You know, they didn't want to pay up and pay him that ludicrous $1 million salary. So, uh, yeah, I can't wait for this. It's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, we don't really know. We don't have the playoff schedule yet, so we're just kind of waiting for that. Yeah. You know, still, again, some meaningless regular season games left to play. Uh but we're gearing up. Going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully, we'll do some giveaways with the playoffs. Uh, looking forward to it. But that does it for this episode of the podcast. We'll be back on Monday with a brand new episode where we talk about more Panthers hockey, more stuff around the NHL. Uh, so we hope to see you all then and have a great rest of your weeks. Back up.